0: You're tuned in to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconato.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconato. I wanna talk to you about pressing ahead during trials and tribulations, pressing ahead during trials and tribulations. Why would I talk about that? Well, because a lot of you are going through trials and tribulations, and you need encouragement. Listen, we, we talk about a lot of different things on this broadcast. We go through news. We go through current events. We pretty much dot all our I's and cross all our T's when it comes to what we need to know. But if we don't know how to press ahead during the, the times of trials and tribulation, then we are in trouble. And so I want to give you some scriptures today, and I want to share from my heart. Some of the things that I've had to walk through in uh, just this journey in Christ, there's been seasons of discouragement, there's been seasons of joy and great victory and, and just amazing open doors and things that God has done, but then there's been disappointments there's been uh, people that have backstabbed me there's been people that have burned me hurt me I've been hurting the church I've seen things that have been so egregious happen in the church and and there's been times can I just be, be real with you today that I, w- I wanted to walk away from the church and uh, if I hadn't had an encounter with the Holy Spirit I probably would have done that because uh, I was just so disgusted and annoyed and appalled of things that I saw that people did in the name of Christ. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about some scriptures here, and then then I'm going to get into some personal stories. And I just believe that we have to get to a point here where we understand we're going to go through some stuff. I know you know this because most of you are going through things now. But if you're not going through things now, praise God, but you're going to, uh, especially if you're standing for Jesus, the word, the truth of the Bible in this hour. You know, the apostle Paul writes in Philippians 3, 13 through 14, he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but uh, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward toward those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. And here, Paul is speaking of the essence of our Christian journey, which is a continuous Pressing forward, a striving towards the call and the purpose that God has placed on our lives despite the past or the obstacles that lie in our path. We need to understand that Paul was somebody who was greatly persecuted. This is a man that was thrown into jail on numerous occasions. He was a man that was hated. He was loved, but he was also hated. In Romans 5, 3 through 4, We find encouragement in suffering. It says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And these words remind us that our trials are not in vain. Do you know that? Your trial is not in vain. It may be a big pain, but it's not in vain. You're going through this to build you, to strengthen you, and to get you ready for something else. We don't see that a lot of times when we're in the middle of the storm or in the middle of the test or in the middle of the preparation because right in that moment, it stinks. It's not fun. It hurts. It's painful. You want to quit sometimes. You want to give up. But our trials are not in vain. Your trial is not in vain, my friend. They are the process by which God shapes us into vessels of his hope and light, because as we get through these things, others are encouraged as they watch our life and our testimony, and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So testimonies are important. They're important. James 1, 2 through 4, James 1, 2 through 4, it echoes this sentiment urging us this. It says, "My brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience." <laughs> oh, I need patience. I was just texting one of my friends this morning. I said, "Pray for me for patience with one of these very difficult people. I call them VDPs, very draining people. Sometimes the VDPs in our life get us real drained, and we need patience." I said, "Can I please have more patience, Lord?" But patience. Have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. God doesn't want you to lack anything. He wants you to be equipped. Have you seen a lot of people that try to do something but lack being equipped? They're not really ready. And that's why their temperament is not correct. And they freak out. Because they they haven't adhered to what this says. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And It's through this steadfast faith and patience that we're made complete in Christ. Fully equipped. I want you to hear this. Fully equipped for every good work. That means the difficult spouse. That means the rebellious child. That means the obnoxious boss. You are equipped to handle this in Christ. You've got this. I know it's, I, listen, you can come home. My wife, sometimes she comes home and she vents to me. I vent to her. Thank God we have those people that we can do that with, right? Friends in our life, family members, things like that. But but ultimately, we've got to vent to God. Lord, give me strength. Give me patience. Give me Give me the understanding of how I'm going to make it through this, God, because I do want to quit. I do want to give up. And it's amazing how God responds to that. It's amazing. He gives you the strength. He gives you the patience. It really is remarkable. He'll do it. You're fully equipped for the good work. But how do we navigate these trials? The psalmist, uh, David, gives us a beautiful image of God's guidance and comfort in Psalm 23.4. says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You get this picture of standing, and on one side you got you know his rod, and on the other side you got his staff, and, and it's literally holding you up. His rod and his staff, his rod and his staff, you know what I'm saying? Holding you up, giving you the strength that you need in the midst of your darkest valleys sudden divorce, a sudden job loss, pain that you can't even describe. You barely can even talk about it. Depression that has come on you. It's a spirit, by the way. You need to rebuke it. It's a spirit. How do I rebuke it, Pastor Todd? You put on some praise music. You get into the word of God. You start worshiping your way out of that hole. You got to worship your way out of that hole. Don't stay in it. Stand up, rise up, get up, start going. Pressing ahead, his rod and his staff guiding and comforting us, reminding us that we are never alone. You're not alone. I'm not alone. Our Jesus himself assures us of the peace amidst the tribulation. He says there's going to be peace. Here's what he says in John sixteen thirty three. John sixteen thirty three. Here's what he says. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. See, in Christ, we have a peace that transcends understanding, a peace that enables us to remain joyful and courageous even when we face life's storms. Boy, that word courageous is important. The call to be steadfast in our faith is further emphasized in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Our perseverance in faith and good works is never futile. It's eternal in its significance and reward. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, Paul speaks to the resilience of the believer. We've got to have resilience, Paul is saying. Look, he says, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed, We're perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. This passage is a powerful testament to the resilience that we have in Jesus Christ. Despite the pressures and challenges we face, we're never abandoned by God. His grace sustains us. It enables us to rise again, stronger and more determined. You know, the strength, the press ahead also comes from the assurance of God's unfailing love. Do you know about that? God's agape. Do do you really understand the love that God has for you? I hope you do. Because we've got to understand how powerful God's love is and his faithfulness, by the way. Think about all the times that he showed up for you. Think about all the times that he's answered your prayers. Think about all the times that he didn't answer your prayer, but he did something better, something that you couldn't even see or know. He's been faithful to us. And yet, every time we go through a trial, a lot of times at least, not every time, but often we forget about what he's done in the past. The strength to press ahead comes from the assurance of God's unfailing love and faithfulness. It's declared in Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. Because of his compassions, they fail not. His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day, we are the recipients of God's new mercies, and this is a reminder that with each sunrise comes a fresh strength and hope for your journey, a fresh strength and hope for your journey. Listen, this too shall pass. You're going to get through this. You're going to make it through this current trial. I know it seems like the walls are closing around you, but I'm telling you right now, God has this figured out. In Hebrews 12, one through two, it exhorts us to run with endurance the race set before us. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of great witnesses, hallelujah, a cloud of great witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is not only our example, but also the source of our strength and the one who perfects our faith as we keep our eyes fixed on him. What about Isaiah forty thirty one? We find the promise of renewed strength for those who hope in the Lord. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Here's that eagle again. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This verse is assuring us that in the waiting upon the Lord's season, in the trusting him through everything season of our lives, he renews our strength. He enables us to soar above the challenges, to run without growing weary and to walk without fainting. There have been a couple of times over the years where I've really wanted to give up. I mean, of course, obviously, was when I got stabbed nine times, one in the heart. I had to make a real big decision there. Uh, was I going to spiral out of control and go back into my vomit, go back into addiction, lifestyle of sin, and just say, God, you, you failed me? Because honestly, I could have. But at that point, I, I made the decision to press in harder. I had an encounter with the Lord And there's been tremendous fruit from that. I'm not going to get into that and belabor that again because many of you have heard that testimony. You know, my brother, special needs. uh, We went through all different types of challenges with him over the years, behaviorally. And, you know, one time he pushed my mom down and broke her femur. It was very, very troubling. You know, times with my mom and dad where they would have real huge fights. They had a real tough marriage for many, many years. Uh, you know, when my dad was a very macho Italian man, very um, angry, you know, um, I had to I had to overcome generational curses from his side of the family. Um, and, and, you know, all this stuff is I'm just being very transparent with you, you know, and, and, and did they work it out? I mean, they did to some degree, but it's always been a challenge for my mom to have to walk through. You know, so many of you understand, like, different different challenges that you've had to walk through that maybe you don't share with everybody. Now, I think later on in my life, my dad did get much more palatable, much more under control. But, you know, he's still, even in his elderly years, and now he's dealing with dementia. But, you know, he's always been a challenge. He's a challenging man. Do you know somebody like that in your life? And, and by the way, there are many good things about my dad, too. Very smart man, hard worker. You know, I can say some, some good things, that, things I've learned from him. But, you know, he was, he was a challenging, I didn't have a lot of love from him, not a lot of affection at all. Um, when I was growing up, thank God, the Lord gave me that in my grandfather, my mom's mom. He was more of a manly God God figure in my life for a father. Um, but you know, I can just I mean, I'm just sharing very personal things. Um, all of us have things that are that are hidden or that maybe people don't know about us, uh, insecurities or um, things that come up in our day by day. you know, we compare ourselves to other people. We compare ourselves to other people's lives. Their lives seem to work out so much better. And we're like, why do I go through all these different things? You know, why has this happened to me? It's really not the truth, though. The truth is that everybody's going through stuff. Some people are just better at hiding it. and Or you see the result of, you know, I always say there's a saying, some see the glory, but they don't know the story. And what I mean by that is like a lot of people will see the ministry now and, he, and, and by the way, the ministry now is not easy. I mean, we're it's very difficult. But what I'm saying is, you know, they'll see certain victories or things and they'll say, wow, you know, why can't I have that? Well, there's there's like many, many years of very painful trials and refiners fire seasons to get to even where we are today. And like I said, by no means have we made it. In fact, I tell my family, I don't really want a bigger platform I don't really want to be more well-known than I am right now because we already deal with so much even in our current size, you know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm open to whatever the Lord has. I mean, obviously, if he opens those doors, I'll walk through them. But, you know, I'm, it's not like some people say, oh, you want to be famous or you want. No, it's not. It's not fun. It is not fun. And I'm not like even, you know, really famous or anything. But I'm just saying like when you're a public figure, it's not fun at all. Not when you're standing for truth and righteousness in this very late hour. Uh, you go through a lot. And again, I always say I don't want to pat on my back or anything, but I'm just telling you, like, a lot of people think, like, that's what they want until they get there, and then they realize uh, it's not really what it appeared to be. So, you know, it's a lot of it is how people embrace whatever, you know, whatever it is that God's given you, whatever position that you hold, your principal of a school, that's important. You know, you got you to take care of all the matters that are happening in that, in that community. You're pastor of a church or you're a boss at a job. You know where you have a lot of people that report to you, uh, your mom, your dad, you know your your grandfather, your grandmother, um, you know whatever whatever role it is that you're walking out. You're a leader of a of a Bible study. You know you 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 run a women's group. You run a, you run a men's group. You run an online uh, community. You know whatever whatever position of leadership that you're in. Um, you know you you work at a at a ministry. You know where where there's a lot of lives affected. And, uh, and and maybe even what you do isn't exactly seen by everybody, but you have a very instrumental role in what's going on there, and you deal with a lot of warfare. See, there's all these different things that go on that people don't understand, and this is why we can't compare. No one else can walk in your shoes. No one else can be you, and so what we have to understand is our total reliance on God and that um, everybody goes through these challenges, and if you are a Christian in 2024 or beyond, whenever you're listening to this, you're going to go through these challenges because they're going to get more and more significant as, as the persecution increases, as the spirit of Antichrist rises in the world. God told us, he warned us of all these things. He said there's going to be scoffers and mockers and people are going to be haughty and they're going to be lovers of themselves and lovers of pleasure and angry and bitter and mean and you know uh, they're going to wax cold. So, I just want you to know you're not alone in going through this. And what I want to remind you is of all the times that God's got you through in the past. And I want to encourage you that this this current trial that you're walking through is producing character in your life and is producing perseverance. It is producing patience. And not only are you going to come through this unscathed, but you're going to come through this more mature and strengthened in your faith. But the key is that you don't lose faith in this. Because the enemy's plan in all these trials and tests and, and things like, that, you know, if, if, some, if he's throwing things at us, he wants our faith to be worn down. And he, he would love if you just said, you know what, forget this Christianity stuff. I'm done with this. That's his goal. Oh, my gosh. If he can get you to do that, and you think that I haven't seen people do that over the years, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen people do that. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. It never ends well for them, Ever. It may, they may feel like a momentary easing up of the warfare. They may feel like, oh, you know what? Now I'm not doing that Christian thing anymore. And all of a sudden, things have, you know, now it's like back to normal. Is it really back to normal? No. You're the frog in the boiling pot that's literally boiling and dying. And that's what the devil would love. So his whole goal is for you to do that. And when, when he can succeed in that way, and somebody does say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Now I we say, well, where are you going to go? You're going to go back to the world? That's your answer? You're going to go back to, to death? You're, you're going to go back to be on your way to hell? That, that's your solution here? No, we've got to have perseverance. And understand that there are, see, those people that say, like, Christianity, all it is is blessed and highly favored, and you're going to have no issues. Everything's just going to be hunky-dory all the time. That's not reality. They, whoever said that to you was probably some motivational speaker and they really shouldn't be a church pastor if they were, because that, my friend, is not Christianity. No. So here's the solution. I got seven minutes to get this to you. You got to live with eternal perspective. In the face of the trials, it's crucial to adopt an eternal perspective. In Colossians 3.2, it advises us, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. This perspective shift is not about ignoring your current problem, but it's about framing them. Hear this, framing them within the larger story of God's eternal plan for your life. It reminds us that our present sufferings are temporary and that we are citizens of heaven merely passing through this world. This eternal viewpoint is going to help you to endure this current hardship with grace and to see beyond the immediate pain and look to the joy, the eternal joy that is set before you. It's everlasting joy. Then there's the power of community in trials. This is why we have the Remnant Core Group and why I encourage you to join it, because this journey is not meant to be walked alone. The early church modeled a community that bore one another's burdens, Galatians 6.2. And in times of trial, leaning on our, our church family for support, encouragement, and prayer is not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of wisdom. As we share our struggles and victories, we embody the love and strength of Christ, making tangible his presence in our midst. This communal aspect of faith helps us to persevere, knowing that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, as mentioned in Hebrews 12.1. Cheering us on to finish this race. Community is important. Embracing God's refining process. You know, trials are often uh, meant to serve as a refining fire in our lives. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 describes this process. It says, in this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, it, if need be, you will be grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, here, this, the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So through the hardships, God purifies our faith, removing uh, the impurities and drawing us closer to himself. And this refining process is painful, yet purposeful in leading us to a deeper reliance on God and a more authentic faith. Do you have an authentic faith? I believe you do. We've got to. This This is the reality of our world. Either we get this or we don't. What about the role of scripture and prayer, by the way? In navigating trials, the role of Scripture and prayer cannot be overstated. As we immerse ourselves in God's Word, we're reminded of His promises, His character, and faithfulness. Scriptures become the anchor for our souls, providing comfort, guidance, and strength. Likewise, prayer connects us to the heart of the Father, allowing us to pour out our fears, our frustrations, desires, and in turn to receive His peace and wisdom. Philippians 4, 6-7 encourage us to be anxious for nothing. But in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Listen, friends, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I, I just declare and decree joy and peace over you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the midst of our trials, the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. This is Nehemiah 8.10. The joy is not dependent on our circumstances, but rooted in the unchanging nature and love of God. It is a supernatural strength that enables us to face each day with hope and courage, knowing that our God is sovereign and he works all things together for good. That's Romans 8.28. And that is our ultimate victory, which is secured. Our victory is secured in Jesus Christ. That's our ultimate victory. It's secured. We are on our way to heaven. We're heaven bound. We're only passing through in this world. We're going we're gonna to deal with trials, but he's overcome the world. And we're going to rule and reign for all eternity with him. So pressing ahead through trials and tribulations requires a steadfast faith in God, an eternal perspective, the support of community, embracing God's refining process, and the guidance of scripture and prayer. And it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We get our strength in prayer and worship and spending time in the secret place and strengthening ourselves in Christ, encouraging ourselves in Christ. As we journey through life's up and downs, we may do so with an unwavering faith, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is set down now at the right hand of the Father. He's right there, at the throne of God, Hebrews twelve two. So let us pray, press ahead in this same determination of hope, confidence, and knowing that God's faithful presence and provision is with us every step of the way. He's with you. He's, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's with you until the end of the age. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time that we get to be in your presence. We get to hear your word. We to encourage ourselves in you. and We know that even though weeping may endure in the night, joy comes in the morning, and this too shall pass. We put our faith and our trust in you. We know that you're going to guide us, and I pray that this person listening right now would be filled, right now, filled. Fill them. Fill them from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. Fill them up. Recharge them. Strengthen them in you, Lord God. Give them that peace. Give them that rest in you, Lord. I just thank you so much, Lord, that you are tangible right now. You're tangible. Your presence is tangible. We know that you're with us right now. We feel your love. Let them feel your love right now. Let them have peace. Give them your joy. Give them your strength. They're going to get through this. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you receive that? You're going to make it through this. You're going to get through this. And not only are you going to get through it, you're actually going to come out stronger and better than you were before, more mature and more ready for what God's got in store for you. All right, friends, love you so much. PastorTodd.org is the website. PastorTodd.org. Download our new app at the App Store, Todd Coconato Ministries, and we will see you again next week. God bless.